You know, Jay Booksbaum is about to join us, and um, I, ha- I have to say something before I introduce him. Last night, he and I had the real pleasure, every time we see each other, it's a pleasure, of seeing each other at the uh, United Hatzalah dinner. And sometimes it's good to remind oneself, and in this case, I reminded myself, just how much certain people care uh, about, about uh, you know, each other and their families. I mean, thank God, you know, we've, we've developed with a number of people such amazing relationships over the last many decades. Uh, but in addition to that, sometimes it's important to remember just how much people want ventures like this to be successful. And last night it hit me when I saw Jay, and I've seen him you know, quite a number of times over the last few months, but when I saw him last night, one of the first things he says to me is, how, things are, how are things going? How's the network doing? How are things progressing? And I said to myself, I, I stopped and I said to myself, my gosh, sometimes I have to realize that there are a lot of people out there who are really rooting for us and who are just thrilled every time we give a good report about the progress of uh, what we're doing here. And to say that Jay and the Herzogs and everybody at Kedem uh, are in that category is an absolute understatement. They may have created the category, <laughs> frankly. So before I introduce Jay, I just wanted to mention that um, the continued friendship and the continued concern and the amazing decades-long relationship that we have had with Kedem Royal Wine, the Herzog family, and obviously our number one world's kosher sommelier, Jay Booksbaum, is is really something special. And sometimes you have to just stop and recognize that. And I'm glad that it hit me last night. And I'm glad I had this opportunity. Uh, what impeccable timing to uh, to mention it this morning here at JM and the AM. And now with uh, a little bit of a conversation for those of you who follow the world of kosher wine. I do introduce the world's number one kosher wine sommelier, the one and only Jay Booksbaum. Can, can everybody see me blushing over I, the radio here? I hope so, because do you realize, and this is going to, I mean, I can only imagine that, that you'll, you'll react the same way to this that I do every time I, I think about it. You realize we are doing regular updates for this beloved international community for over a quarter of a century. It's a long time. It's a long wow. time. It's beautiful. So anyway, uh, I thank you because it, like I say, it hit me last night. Like, you know, we have a lot to talk about, a lot of things on everyone's mind, etc. One of the first things you say to me, how are things going? You know, what's happening? And you know, you know, with the, uh, with what we're doing here, the parade Sunday and the Yom Yushalayim special coming up and all of our different uh, regular programming and special programs, a lot happening, and I know you take great nachas. So, so Jay, I thank you, and now we can talk a little bit about kosher wine. Yeah, I was, you know, it's funny that you, you, you brought that thing up, not to wax poetic and, and be melodramatic, but um, when I got on the phone with you just right before you opened the segment. You mean, when I, when I, you mean when I was shocked that you were up so early? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You said there's one minute and 32 seconds left. Right. You know, you got that fancy clock going there. <laughs> and I said to myself, you know, this is a guy that's been doing literally God's work for as long as you've been on the air. And, uh, you know, like Rib Feiss, uh, Yaisi Herzog's, Nathan Herzog's father would say, we too are not in the wine business. We're in the we're in the chasana business, we're in the bris business, we're in the bar mitzvah business, 
we're in the bat mitzvah business, we're in the shot Friday night kiddish business. The Seams. The Seam business. And so, you know, I'd like to believe, you know, that your holy work, that we have, that thank God I go to work every day thinking a little bit about the fact that I'm also in holy work, too. So we're partners in some ways, you know? 100%. We're partners, and not only that, but between you and Yaichi, you're basically uh, a part of our marketing department, because as you guys tra- <laughs> as you guys travel the world, all you do is talk about us. So uh, I got to say thank you for that as well. All right, everybody, why is Jay on? Not just to uh, exchange beautiful words this morning, but we got this note, we got this email about... <laughs> and it's unbelievable that we're talking about kosher wine in this regard, about some amazing scores and incredible um, uh, awards that kosher wines, many of which uh, the Herzog family and uh, Kedem Royal Wine is associated with, um, we got a report about how they have scored and the type of, uh, of um, uh, awards they've won recently in, uh, in a specific competition. And Jay, before you discuss the specific ones, we again, we again have to wake up to the fact that it's unbelievable that delicious kosher wines now are being recognized and scoring incredible numbers and getting wonderful awards around the world. And, and you must take amazing pride in that. I, I, think, I think the biggest message here is, is that this particular competition has no kosher category. Wow. No, I, didn't even, not- I, I didn't even realize that. This is this is, this is, like, this is an okay, even this is an, kosher wines and see right. how they score in that in their category. This no. is an even playing field. This is an even playing field. Yeah, and 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 it would be okay if they scored like in the medium range in the even playing field, right? Sure. But these were the top scoring wines of the entire competition. So when this chairman's trophy goes to the Pacifica. Evans collection Riesling 2017 and scores a 96. Nobody else is scoring a 96. I I I I don't think so. No. And Paci- but, and and, but this, by and the way, yeah. I have to interrupt you because you know we got this email and we released it to you. So I just want you to know they've told us that we should not release the, this information. So I'm telling all your listeners out there very secretly we're not supposed to and all of you out there don't release this information until Tuesday why that's when the like the official results come out from exactly. their organization exactly wow. exactly so it's going to have but a 96 you and your listeners get a chance to buy these before Shabbos and you could walk into a kosher retailer and ask for Pacifica and they will have that white riesling for you right right uh, hopefully but there's um, a whole bunch more I mean, I, I give you, you know, we, we're going to go through the list if you don't mind so that. No, know, I, I don't mind at all. The reason I'm obsessing over this one is because, it, first of all, it, it, I mean, I don't know if, if one can say that a two point victory has destroyed the competition, but it obviously was clearly ahead of everything else. Right. In terms of. Uh, yeah. So so it obviously made a very, very big impression. And also yep. and also it's not a, a, a brand name that we are as familiar with as some of the others that we're going to be discussing this morning. So that's why. True. So that's why I just wanted to, you know, point it out and uh, again remind everybody that if they look for the name Pacifica and ask the retailer about it. They're literally going to have what's going to be released Tuesday as the number one champion wine. So, yeah, it was it's called it's called the Ultimate Wine Challenge 2019. How many different wines do you think they actually uh, entered into that wine challenge? My guess is well over well over a thousand. 
well over a thousand. Unbelievable. All right, so that's one of them. Anything you want to add about that Riesling? Well, I want to. I want to just give you a vignette on the on the on the competition. Sure. The Ultimate Wine Challenge includes people. They. I'm sorry. They they vet and only include people that are well known uh, wine tasters and certified in very in very various uh, wine areas uh, as as uh, judges. That's number one. Number two is all the wines they taste are blind. All the wines they taste are blind. They can't. Being, they can't tell you the name. They can't tell you anything about it. The the people tasting them right. don't even see the bottle. They're right. they're in bagged. You know. I mean, I, I read up on this a little bit, and so the way they describe it is is that you know you, you're tasting a glass. They 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 may give you the category, although I'm not sure. Meaning right. white or red, or right. you know maybe even the varietal, but that's it. That's all you know. You don't even know which country it's coming from. Pretty cool. So when when a guy gives, and remember, when you get a 96 points, <clears throat> this is not one judge. Right. It's an average. This is a series of people. This is an average of people. So that means some people must have scored. Yes, some people might have scored it lower, but, but some people have scored it probably perfect. You know, right? I, don't, I don't know if this is a proper question to ask, but what is, so for instance, what did Pacifica do right? Are they the beneficiaries of an amazing vintage? Are they? Like, what, what, what's interesting about Pacifica is that it's the same wine. It's the same winemaker as the Goose Bay, mm-hmm. and the Goose Bay also scored also well. Here is a finalist, uh, and that's a Sauvignon Blanc. Now, it's interesting. Pacifica is made in the north in the northwest, uh, Oregon, Washington, Oregon, whereas the, the Goose Bay is made in New Zealand. Now, both of these are owned by the same winemaker, Phil Jones, and he's the winemaker, and he's actually from California. But the point is, is that, you know, choosing the grapes and making the wine right is, is what makes this, part, this, makes this wine so good. And I feel extremely vindicated because when I go out to dinner with a lot of these suppliers that are Goyim, that are not Jews, and because they're supplying us some of these wines. The wine of choice that I ask for at dinner is either, of course, one of the Herzogs, but very often, more often than not, it's the Goose Bay Sauvignon Blanc. And it's an inexpensive wine, $22, $25, $30 at the most. And they go, holy crap, are we in a kosher restaurant? <laughs> you know, some of the best. And I go, yeah. And they'll go, I'll go, why? And they go, because this wine is just amazing. And people <laughs> kid me about this all the time. But if you want to have an amazing experience of a delicious, tangy, fruity, but dry wine, the Goose Bay Sauvignon Blanc is what everybody should be going to. Knowing how proper the people are that you dine with, I would guess they probably use different language to describe it. But we get your point. <laughs> 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 Jay Booksbaum is with us, number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth, uh, with a big uh, a big congratulations uh, not only to um, uh, to Pacifica and Goose Bay, and there'll be others in a moment which which Jay will discuss, but of course to the Herzog family, Royal Wine, Kedem, etc. All these wines that we are recognizing today are wines that have done really well in the Ultimate Wine Challenge 2019, and wines you should add to your list before Shabbos, and now obviously before Shavu is coming up another opportunity over three days in the diaspora 
uh, to really serve some delicious wines at the Yuntif Meals. All right, what else made it? You told us about Pacifica's Riesling. You told us about the Goose Bay Sauvignon Blanc. What else do we need to know about the ultimate wine show? One of my closest friends, uh, Anichai Luria from Shiloh, his legend has made it. It's called the Fiddler, and uh, it's a blend of, of various wines. And, again, at $35, it, it garnered a 94, which is crazy. Hmm. Um, and, and when I say when I talk about the price, I'm talking about the approximate retails. And then there's another wine from Clomas Sora in Mondstadt, uh, Spain. And what's interesting about this wine, and, you know, maybe we can teach some people, some th- you know, your, your uh, listeners something about this, is that it comes from vines that are literally 100 years on average old uh, and very rare, very intense, very rich, very thick, very, oof, a big blockbuster of a wine, great wine to give to somebody who really appreciates wine or for you to drink yourself. And the Clomasoro also got an amazing 93 points. Uh, the Oraganus. What's in also, think about this. You have Washington State wine. You have an Israeli wine. You have a New Zealand wine. You have a Spanish wine. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, wines from literally all over the world. It's not like just Israel or just California or whatever. Well, okay? well two of the five kosher wines that scored 93 or higher are from Israel. I was going to point that out when you mentioned Shiloh, which is really remarkable. And what's also remarkable about that is, guess what? The wine That wine is Mavushal. Unbelievable. We have all these fancy wine guys poo-pooing the whole Mavushal thing. Yeah. And he's proof positive that the way Mavushal is done today, you know, does not hurt the wine. They're giving, they're giving massive scores to Mavushal wines. If only they do, right? If only they do. And by the way, the Goose Bay is also Mavushal. Unbelievable. I'll tell you. Whoever thought we'd get to the point where that made no difference, the, the, the way that people have been speaking about Mavushal and non-Mavushal for decades. And then you have Oregon News. Right. Which is a Moshav, a Yishuv, I don't know what you want to call it, of all the, you know, really see the shift from guys that are making these wonderful wines uh, up, in the, up in the Upper Galilee. Uh, and it's a Namura single vineyard. And what's important about that, just as a teaching moment here, is that single vineyard means that it's really focused on the terroir, the, the, the flavor of that place, that specific place. And so that is a beautiful, beautiful single vineyard Cabernet and for the Eastern Mediterranean. And then Vitkin, here's a wine that I am so proud of for, for Asaf Paz and his, his sister Sharona, uh, who are making this wine at Kfar Vitkin, and they insist on making only Mediterranean varietals. So this Petit Syrah, you know, they don't do Cabernet, they don't do Chardonnay, they don't do Merlot, they don't do... European varietals. They do Mediterranean varietals only. And this Petit Syrah is just a wonderful wine. And also, a lot of times, these wines that win big scores are parkerized. That's a, a term that's been used to indicate that it's a big blockbuster of a wine. This wine is only 13% alcohol, which is not low, but it's also not in your face. So it's really an elegant wine, too. Another wine from Israel the Segal Petite Unfiltered Cabernet. Now, Segal Unfiltered, not the Petite, the big brother, or I should say the massive father of this wine, is always out of stock, always runs out. Mm. So they created 
like a little sister to the big guy. And this petite, unfiltered, looks like it got higher score than its big daddy. Unbelievable. At uh, at 90 points. Uh, And again, guess what? Mavushal. Go figure, huh? Go figure. And and we, as Jews and as proud uh, Zionists, I hope nobody hits me over the head from Williamsburg about that, but uh, because I'm from Williamsburg, so I can say it, I guess. But we <laughs> as Jews and proud Zionists, the last one that I want to mention is Barkhan Assemblage, Reichan. Now, the, the reason why they use the word assemblage is, again, because it's a blend of various different grapes, also from the Upper Galley, also not overly alcoholic, not a big block, blockbuster, more of an elegant-style wine at 13.5%. But if you add up the total number of wines that I just mentioned, there's an overwhelming amount are actually Israeli. One, two, three, four, five. Five of the eight wines are Israeli. Unbelievable. Incredible. The whole thing's incredible. No, five of nine wines, excuse me. Five out of nine. Ultimate mm-hmm. Wine Challenge 2019 and the top spots dominated by uh, many, many kosher wines uh, that are being recognized by these international wine tasters as uh, some of the best in the world. Pretty amazing. In terms of the number one kosher wine in the Ultimate Wine Challenge, uh, it is the Pacifica Evan Collection Riesling 2017. And we should mention one more time, Jay, because there are some $70 and $80 kosher bottles on this list. This one is under 20 bucks retail price. Actually, this is the cheapest one on the list. Unbelievable. The whole thing is funny. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's just you know, and that shows you how real the tasting is. Because right. you know, you would think that if it wasn't blind, they would never allow themselves to give a chairman's trophy to an eighteen-dollar bottle of wine. You know, right. pretty cool. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. The Ultimate Wine Challenge 2019, as Jay said, these uh, results become uh, uh, released officially to the world uh, this coming Tuesday. We know uh, because it is preview uh, the kosher wines did extremely well. Pay careful attention to the list because it'll help you when you go shopping in terms of what to have in your home for the upcoming three-day holiday of Shavuos. Um, and from, um, well, I was going to say from the grapevine, isn't that funny? Uh, he, he is the number one kosher wine sommelier, and in this case, representing the uh, Herzog, Kedem, and Royal Wine family. The one, the only, Jay. Books found. Good Shabbos, everybody. What was it, Jay? Which shul in Williamsburg? Young Israel of Brooklyn? Which shul was it? Yes, the Young Israel of Brooklyn. On Bedford Avenue? Was it on Bedford? Yeah. It was on Bedford. You know, when I tell people, yeah, it was on Bedford Avenue. When I tell people, like, I'm from Williamsburg, they go, you know, look, Hasidish. And you know what? <laughs> Young Israel and Williamsburg, before, uh, thank God, the Satmer community arrived, was a tremendous Young Israel community. Right. The shul's still active, just not as Young Israel, right? No, the shul is not. Uh, is it? I don't even know if the shul is active. Is I think it? It's, it's not it's still. As, oh, is this? It's the building is open, and I think it's used as a school. Ah, okay. All right. But so, not as a shul anymore. So the building is active. All right, uh, Jay, thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and thanks for joining us. Uh, Jay Booksbaum, everybody, number one kosher wine sommelier with great news from the world of kosher wine. It's a Friday morning broadcast. <laughs> 